DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Matt Chazanel, Washington State Cougars, play-by-play voice. Matt, good morning. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good. So, you trade one pass-happy coach for another pass-happy coach in Pullman. How much is that going to impact everything? Well, I think it's TBD. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I haven't seen him a single practice yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so weird. You know, I, I think uh, I think it'll go really well. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I know that I'm sure most play-by-play guys are are in the role where you would probably hear them say that about their their new coach. But it's it's really been there's a reason why the hiring process was so smooth, and and Rolovich, Coach Rolovich, was here 72 hours doing a presser after Coach Leach was in Starkville, and and that's not always the case. So, you know, I think. There's a reason why Coach Leach recommended him and why Pat Chum thought he'd be a great fit, and it all just fell right into place. You know, he's, he seems like a, a a really great fit for what is here personnel-wise and culture and all, and all those things that go along with it. So a couple quarterbacks are gone. Who's throwing for 5,000 yards this next season? Well, that's, that's really the key question. I mean, if you had to pin me down right now, I think the leader is Cam Cooper. You know, he's been here. He's a, a now a redshirt sophomore, so he's been here a few years. You guys know Cam Cooper from mm-hmm. from his Utah high school days, yeah. I suspect. Yep. And uh, he, yep. he's, he, you know, he, he's had a, a very good last year. If you, if you told me his first year, his redshirt year. Uh, that he was going to have to play, I, I'd say that there's just no way. He wasn't ready, and, and he wasn't practicing at the level that would allow him to compete at the pack. And, but he's got all—he's big, and his arm is really strong enough, and, and all those things. He just had, kind of had to figure out how to how to do it. He had a, a really good spring game last year. I should say uh, he had a really good fall camp uh, last year, and. Had, had a moment, few moments where he had a bunch of, of quality throws for the first time, you know, pack level throws that I saw. And then, uh, you know, now the system's a little bit different, but he's the guy who's been here. And Gunnar Cruz is a, a kid from Arizona who's who's a different kind of player than Cooper. You know, he'll he'll compete for it. Cruz is is huge. I mean, you, you know, think more in the mold of. Uh, Ryan Leaf, you know, he's a, he's a different kind of quarterback. He's not at Leaf's level right now, but he's that big. I mean, he's six four. He's came in out of high school like six four, well over two hundred, but mobile and really athletic. Uh, and then uh, there was a big, there's a big recruit coming in named Jaden Delora from Hawaii, who ran this system back at, at St. Louis High School, which is a powerhouse high school in Hawaii. And and the coaches all know him because Craig Stutzman, who's who's the QB guy, is, is, went to that high school also and is Hawaiian. So Coach Rolovich played at Hawaii. There, there's a connection there. And, um, and I think that's a possibility if he comes in and just blows everybody away, although it's always, it's always unlikely for a true freshman to, to start right out of high school. So, yeah, you throw for 5,000 yards, but there'll be like seven receivers with 500 yards. 
So is that do, do you have a good feel for whether Rolovich wants to change that or whether it's a lot of four receiver sets and you need two sets of guys basically running sprints every 30 seconds so you need to be six, seven, eight receivers deep and none of these guys should worry about playing time or catches because the ball's going to get spread around. You know, I, I don't know as much. I've, I've yet to see this version of the run and shoot and the way Rolovich wants to do it with this personnel and, and have those specific discussions in terms of, all right, here's your depth chart, but how deep does it actually go? Is it like the air raid where you're really playing eight wide receivers? You know, I, I can say I've talked to him about how it, it is going to be it's actually fewer pre-snap sets, and it's a bunch of post-snap receiver route options. And it's a different way to run it. When it's on, the ceiling's actually higher. I think Mike Leach would say when it's on, there are opportunities for more deep balls, more explosive plays than the air raid. There's also, there's also a lot more running with Max Borgie uh, by design, pre-snapped in the air raid, and, and they'll go with what's working. It's not, it's not necessarily as pass-first, although it is a pass-offense, but... You know, I, I don't know the answer to that yet, and I don't, I don't know that anybody does. I think he kind of needs to wait and see who fits and, and what the personnel is and who's outside and who's inside. I don't think they'll switch that up too much. There are a couple guys. Cassidy Woods maybe could be an outside guy. He might play a lot. He was going to be inside. He's a little bit bigger, but that, that's very TBD. You know, I, I need to see it in camp and see it in practice, and I, I'm not totally comfortable saying, like, well, it's going to be the same thing with eight guys catching that many balls. You know, I'm not sure how the wealth gets spread around like that. Well, you did lose a 1,000-yard receiver last year, and obviously Gordon's gone as a 5,000-yard-plus passer. You mentioned Borgie coming back at at running back, and then I look at the offensive line. There's a whole lot of expected, anyway, talent uh, returners to be coming back. So could I say maybe that uh, the run and shoot is a little more run at the start maybe this year? I think so. Yeah, I mean, maybe the best player on the team is your running back. And and Coach Rolovich said in his initial press conference, in the opening presser, that right away you know, he wants to run the ball more. Um, it, it's not the air raid, and and he wants to be sure that fans know and their expectations are set that there are games where they could hand the ball off twenty five times to Max Borg. Even that, that's not. Imp- unheard of for him it's the run and shoot you know it's a little bit different and and i know that 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 can take a couple different meanings but i think for him he's comfortable with that Uh, they they lost they lost three really good wide receivers they lost des patman they lost Aesop winston and they they lost brandon arcanado they returned quite a bit tane martin travel harris Bernard bell um I mentioned Cassidy Woods before. There's a kid named Brandon Gray who's a long outside receiver who, who you haven't seen a ton yet. He hasn't had a chance to, to really play. Uh, maybe the most talented of them, Rod Fisher, is not currently on the roster. We'll, we'll, we'll see if he's kind of able to, to figure things out before we get back to school. And um, So th- there are guys who are there and could be there who are really good. And I, I think... The, the peak of those guys being Tay Martin and, and Travell Harris in terms of production and returning production. But, but yes, you know, you're bringing back uh, if the second best or maybe the best player 
is Max Borgie than the other guy competing for that's your right tackle and Abe Lucas, who looks like a pro. He looks like he's in the mold of Andre Dillard, who was a first-round pick. So, yeah, it, it could definitely be a, a, a very run-oriented version of a pass-happy offense. So it looks like Wazoo gave up at least 30 points in seven of nine conference games, plus the bowl game. There's a 37-35 loss to Oregon, 38-34 to ASU, memorably 67-63 to UCLA, and won a 54-53 shootout with Oregon State. That's wildly entertaining, but that's just way too many points. Where is the strength of the defense to build off of to, if not lock down teams, at least stop the uh, arena football-type scores? Yeah, the, the whole UCLA type thing, and, and even the Oregon State game. I mean, it, it is you know it's more fun than three nothing, but it's not great football. You know, you, you don't you don't want to be playing games in north of fifties into the sixties regularly and, and giving up that many points. And and it's it's fun in its own way, but it's also not it's not ideal. You know, you want to be able to get teams off. I mean, that was. Utah was really good last year and at a nationally relevant level with with all those guys on defense that got drafted and Zach Moss and the whole thing and Huntley. And the the thing that really stopped Washington State was, in Utah, for instance, was, for one, the the offense got slowed down by the Utes and, and a credit to them. And, and the Kooks couldn't get Utah off the field. I mean, they were constantly converting third and long. And if you had to look back at last year's team, the last year will be the year that the, the offense was fantastic, but the defensive coordinator quit midseason, and they, they never really got back on track. You know, not, and you could look at causation and correlation and cause and effect and everything, but the, last year's the, the defense had a really hard time figuring it out. They lost a player before the year ever started who wound up starting for the Arizona Cardinals, a safety named Jalen Thompson, all-pack level. Might have been the best safety in the pack last year, and, and he got drafted in the supplemental draft and wound up actually starting as a rookie a few games for the Cardinals. He was he was supposed to really anchor the defense and be the star. And so now coming back, you actually have a lot of players who played, but I don't want to say it was for bad reasons, but it was it kind of became a bit of a grab bag. You had a new defensive coordinator, and you shifted some personnel back to where it was supposed to be before Tracy Clays had switched it around a little bit. And it really it really turned out to be – a, a bit of a mess. So the thing last year they really couldn't do, and the reason why I think they never could get teams off on third down, third and long, is is they just didn't get a lot of pocket pressure. Quarterbacks had a lot of time. There was not a lot of pressure on the offense, the opposing offensive line. So Dallas Hobbs and Lamont McDougal, and they actually have a lot of talent coming back on the D line too. You know, Will Rogers, the, those three guys. If they're your starting defensive lineman, you actually feel pretty good about it. But Lamont McDougal had barely played last year. Hobbs had had really not turned into what. The Kooks think he could be, which is an all-pack D lineman, and and Will Rogers, I think, had had some issues uh, in terms of health, and so he wasn't quite right. So it, it was getting really deep, you know. And and I think at some point, you know, last year coming into the year, they had to re- replace ten of their eleven defensive starters for some of the games from the previous year, and and it's very hard to 
reload like that. You know, you, you, if you've got a good defense, you will find out. You know how how Utah is about to reload here. They've lost so much over the last two years to the NFL. For instance, it's very hard to do that. Defense is their thing. The Cougar offense could do it, and and you know the defense didn't quite keep up there, and so they still bowled. You know, they they and they almost won. That could have been an eight win team. It could have been a nine win team. The offense was good enough. You mentioned the UCLA game. They definitely should have won that. They almost won in Eugene. They almost won in Tempe. You know, those were those are really hard games to win. I mean, you go to Oregon last year and, and win a game. You're 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 darn good. So they were there. They just they need to figure that out. And Jake Dickert's the new DC, and and there's tons of coaching turnover. So it's it's TBD on some scheme. I, I get the idea. I think it'll feel a little more like Alex Grinch. But but in personnel and what they do with some of the nickelbacks packages and Travion Brown is a really talented linebacker. What do you do with Brown? And he was just a true freshman last year who was real productive at the all pack level. So um, it, I don't want to say question marks. They they kind of know who. It's just where and how because there's a new DC. Yeah, obviously there's a new coaching staff there, and I went and looked. And I saw, you know, he brought a lot of guys from Hawaii with him, particularly on the offensive side. And I was wondering if you could explain, because as I was researching it, I see Brian Smith is listed as the offensive coordinator, and he was with uh, Rolovich the last four years over there in, in the islands. And then also you already mentioned uh, a Stutzman. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, he's listed as the co-offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. How is that going to work? All right, so let's go back in time, and I, I think you'll get a sense of what's going on here. The offensive side of the ball is an evolution of one of Hawaii's best teams ever, where Rolovich was the quarterback, Stutzman was a wide receiver, and Smith was an offensive lineman. They all played together. So they're all, they're all playing buddies from back in the Hawaii days, playing, figuring it all out with June Jones and – and now they, they've all, they all went off and became coaches, and they've, they've circled back at Hawaii and now, and now had phenomenal success there as coaches and, and gotten this job. So the offensive side of the ball here is the Hawaii staff from last year, not in totality but primarily. And then the defensive side is the Wyoming, is a, a bunch of Wyoming Cowboys coaches who, through success in the Mountain West, you had you had under Craig Bull and with some personal connections, you've got Jake Dickert as the DC and him bringing a crew that he thinks will work in the pack. So, whatever the titles are, what you really have offensively is Rolovich was the the Hawaii quarterback as a player. You've got Stutzman was a slot receiver and a, and a very good one and uh, a, a very impactful recruiter in on the islands. And then you've got Brian Smith, who as an offensive lineman has coached himself into, into calling plays and, and learning the totality of the offense. So he, he's not the old line coach, Mark Weber is, but they all kind of play their own role in forming it together. Now, I'll know more about how it all really fits together once we get to practice. And I'm, I, I know what the – I get the personal connections, and I don't know how much to read into titles and all that stuff. But if, if that kind of paints the picture for you of, of how far back this goes for these guys, um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine Rolovich isn't 
obviously integral to how these plays are going to be designed and called and what the communication will be like and who's up in the booth and all that stuff. I'll, 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 get, I'll confirm that once I see it because I don't want to say the, the wrong thing, hold, hold me to it, but that, that's the spirit of it. Washington State hosts Utah in the sixth game of the year, October 10th, but the season opener is at Utah State September 3rd. Can Rolovich possibly answer all the questions, or is Utah State got a great opportunity to beat a Pac-12 team at home? Well, you know, I, the Aggies lost their QB. You know, it's, it's hard for me to make too much of a prediction on a, on a road Thursday game when, when the Cougs and Maggie's literally haven't practiced. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think Washington State in the magazines that are all about to come out, which, by the way, I'm itching for and can't wait to get to all that stuff in preseason. I, I just hope we all get a green light and, and can really talk more definitively about this. But my suspicion is, based on a six-win team last year and a loss to Air Force in the bowl and the departure of Mike Leach and all the coaching turnover – it's going to be really hard for those who know the league who make predictions to to pick the Cougs toward the top of the North. It's just you're going to have a lot of predictions of Washington State winning just a few pack games and and maybe doing okay non-conference. So I think people are going to look at this game as sort of a litmus test. I don't know how fair that is, and it probably depends on how much practice they get before it and what this all really looks like. I'm not comfortable. I haven't done the Utah State real prep yet to know watch out, bad matchup, good matchup, one way or another. I think it's a, I think it's inherent in the first game being a road game and all this coaching turnover and waiting to see what that looks like and feels like. There, there's definitely larger unknowns than if it was Mike Leach coming back. I could tell you very specifically where every player is going to fit in and, and what the offense is going to do and, and all that stuff. I, I can't do that for you right now. So I, I feel unsure to, to give you a, a, a real solid definition you're looking for. But um, I, I do think that it's probably unfair to say, okay, pictures painted no matter what after the, the Utah state game. I mean, you know, in 2015, the Cougs lost to Portland State and then lost to Boise and then ripped off a, a, a really good season and beat Miami in the Sun Bowl and, and wound up winning nine games. So hard to say, you know, and early on. I, I learned that lesson, and uh, and I think I think it's probably not fair to say the Utah State game just is what it is for, for Coach Rolovich in his first game. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us this morning. We appreciate the insight on the Washington State Cougars, such as it is. A lot of transition and don't get the full spring football. But thanks for coming on and talking a little Cougars. Oh, I love talking ball. I've been itching, too. I love the text and the call from you guys. And anytime, uh, I, I can't wait to get to it. And uh, I appreciate you having me on.